Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett when a lovable hound has an identity crisis. Well, you can't just lie there. You've got to be... Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. And be ready to sit back for lots of laughing, slapping, pulling, slipping, splishing, and splashing. Happens every time. Treat yourself to a show of slapstick and fun with Dean Jones and Suzanne Pluchette in The Ugly Dachshund. What a dog. Welcome, everyone, to another animal-centric episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is actually your Disney movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets. Joining me, as always, is the newest co-host, Kyra Hawkins. And we also have the originator of violence, Ichabod Bones. (laughs) (laughs) How is everyone on this fine morning afternoon evening whatever time we are listening to this i'm great fantabulous great great well i mentioned this is another animal centric movie this is actually the third straight disney animal movie we started with one that no one wants to remember those callaways we then moved on to the final hilly mills movie that darn cat and this week We are going to be talking about a movie that already has problems just from the title. The Ugly Dachshund. Yeah, really. This movie was actually released February the 16th, 1966. So it was a Valentine's Day. Well, actually, that might explain part of why it didn't make as much. It was the weekend after Valentine's Day. It made $6.2 million, which is $54 million in today's money. Still nothing to sneeze at, but it's not Haley Mills and Parent Trap or That Darn Cat kind of money. So, was this the first time that either of y'all had heard of and or seen this movie? Yes, I had never heard of or seen it. Knew nothing. First time, not a clue. So, we all went in with very low expectations, as are the ways to do things with Disney movies, because you don't know if you're going to get hit over the head with an environmental film or if it's going to be a knock-out-of-the-park like That Darn Cat, or something that falls kind of in the middle yeah. like this one. So, All right, so the synopsis which comes to us, once again, care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like this. Brad Garrison and her husband Mark are a, ha- are a young, happily married couple and the proud owners of a award-winning dachshund named Donko. The movie begins with them frantically getting into the car and heading to the hospital just as the pain has started and it's about time. In a hurry to the hospital, Officer Carmody tries to pull them over for going 50 miles per hour in a 25 mile per hour zone. After After notifying him that they are on their way to the hospital and indicating that Fran is in labor, Officer Carmody tells 
pulls in front of them, turns on the sirens, and escorts them to the county hospital. After he arrives and finds that Mr. and Mrs. Garrison have gone past him, he gets back on his motorcycle and follows them to the vet. It is then that Gonka is revealed to be the one in labor. While Frank is outside waiting for Fran, Officer Carmody catches up to him. After Mark thanks him for getting, helping them to get to the vet in time, Officer Carmody reveals that he was under the impression that Ms. Garrison was the one in labor and proceeds to write multiple traffic violation tickets, totaling $110. When Mr. Garrison arrives at the vet to pick up Donka and her three female puppies who have been named Wilhelmina, Heidi, and Chloe, veterinarian Dr. Pruitt mentions that his female Great Dane, Duchess, has also given him birth but has pushed away one of the male puppies because she didn't have enough milk for him. Doc Pruitt convinces Mark to give the Great Dane puppy a home because Donka has too much milk and she could save his life. When he arrives home and Fran notices that there is another puppy, she is surprised but doesn't suspect that the puppy is from another litter and reminds Mark that he should thank Donka for giving him the boy that he always wants. He eventually tells Fran the truth about the male puppy and names him Brutus. As he grows up with Fran's dachshund puppies, he reveals he, he believes he is one of them and picks up man mannerisms such as hunching close to the ground to walk. The dachshunds are mischievous creatures and leads poor unsuspecting Brutus through a series of comic misadventures with Officer Carmody, who is now Sergeant Carmody, being chased up a tree, Mark's studio being splattered with paint, and a garden party being turned topsy-turvy. Fran wants Mark to remove Brutus from the house once and for all, but when Brutus saves her favorite puppy, Chloe, from the garbage truck, she changes her mind. Mark and Fran enter their dogs in a, in a dog show, with Brutus meeting others of his breed. He notices a female Harlequin Great Dane and stands at attention, and he goes on to win two blue ribbons. Brutus finally finds out that what it's like to be a Great Dane, especially making the Dachshunds respected. The end. So, do either of y'all have any initial thoughts before I get into my very paltry amount of notes that I have on this? Um, well, I think we should probably call out the fact that first thing it hits you with the content warning against cultural stereotypes once again. So I did a little light Googling to prepare myself for it. It's like, what what am I looking for? <laughs> I want to make sure that, like, I don't miss it. Because it doesn't, the anti-Asian stereotype doesn't show up until later in the movie. So I spent a good chunk of the movie, <laughs> like, where's the where's the offensive stuff? And then it It's it the fact and, that Suzanne Plachette was anti-Big Dog. It had nothing to do with the... <laughs> The gross depiction of Japanese culture. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, wasn't this about the time that um, Breakfast at Tiffany's came out? I think so. So, I mean, this was just normal Hollywood fare. You throw in... But on the bright side, at least they did have a actual... Would the proper term be Asian-American playing the two Japanese people? Yeah, or Chinese, I mean, they, or whatever their orient, orientation I, is. I actually looked it up, and they were both Japanese-American mm -hmm. actors. 
Um, so I was like, well, at least they did that instead of casting a white person um, in bad makeup to do this. But I don't know. There's as I was like considering that, I thought of, um, oh, I, I feel horrible because I can't think of her name, but the I can see her face. The one that was in the original West Side Story and is also in the new one. I know who you're talking about. Uh, please so hold. Because I know it. Because she was Maria in the original West Side, right? Um, and that was Natalie Wood that played Marina. Maria. So yeah. um, I probably wouldn't have thought of this, except that in recent interviews around the new movie, she had said how humiliating it was mm-hmm. to play cultural stereotypes you know, of her own culture. So, um, like watching these two Japanese American men have to like lean hard into the just yucky stereotypes against their Mm -hmm. culture, um, struck me differently than it would have if I hadn't seen her say that in the interview. Like I, I wondered if that was hard for them or if, if it mattered to them at all, but I'm, I'm glad they put the content warning on it now and acknowledge it. Yeah, and I didn't Google what the content warning was about. I was like, all right, we're... I mean, I wasn't... I had no clue where they were trying to go with it. But having seen it, that was definitely... I mean, at the time, that was the way that they were portrayed. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it right. Yeah, and... I'm glad that we have these conversations now. Yes. Anyway... I was not. I thought it was a really fun movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a. It was a fun romp, with the exception of the fifteen-minute slow burn, two-thirds of the way in. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. When the milkman sees Dean Jones pull, jumping into the car to take what we think is his pregnant wife to the hospital, I gotta give him credit for thinking about extra business because. <laughs> I mean, if my, that would not have been my first thought. My first thought would have just been, congratulations, I'll see you when you get back. Instead of, hey, just let me know when y'all need an extra gallon of milk a week or whatever. But then, of course, this was a straight up bait and switch. Because the police pulls up, they say they're going to the hospital. And so he gives them an escort to the hospital. And then they don't follow him, and I'm like, uh, what just happened? Where's the mom and labor? Oh, they're still driving. Well, maybe they're going to a different hospital, which, of course, they are. They're going to the animal hospital. And then the fact that he starts racking up all these tickets because of all the things that Dean Jones does, trying to get the wife's dachshund named Donka, to the vet so that she can deliver her three babies. <sighs> I don't... I mean, I love Dooley and all, but I'm not going to be breaking any speed limits just to get him to the doctor, you know? Well, or... who takes their dog to the vet to have puppies? Um, yeah, true. Suzanne Plachette. <laughs> yeah. Back then, like that's just was... the way it was. Yeah. She was like a like really important like registered dog or something i don't remember yeah i still yeah, look- i'm sure there were akc registered show dogs 
Yeah, it was definitely that was probably more the reason than than just wanting to have the dogs at the vet because that would have been a serious vet bill to start with. On top of his hundred and ten dollar fine that he got for all the things that he did trying to get her to the vet, and then the moms trying to come up with German names for the puppies. All those names were entirely too long. Yeah, they were they were not good names we had and the only one that yeah it was Wilhelmina Heidi and Chloe which I don't know of too many Germans named Chloe does anyone else in fact I don't think Chloe is that popular well I've got one child in that used to be in the youth group that's now in college that was named Chloe but other than that I'm not not too familiar with too many Chloe's to start with now and yet Chloe was the golden child of the group. And also the biggest troublemaker. Yes. But she could do no wrong because she was the golden child. Mm. So I know that people like get so excited about their dogs and they love their dogs. I have a dog. I love my dog. <laughs> but this lady was insane to be as obsessed with her dogs as she was. Like, the the weird birthday party um, where all of his birthday gifts were dog-centric um, and from the dogs. I just, I wrote in my notes, this marriage is doomed. Yeah, it was, there were issues, especially when he, I think he had actually made plans for the two of them, mm-hmm. which were a little bit pricey because he had tickets to the Philharmonic, which... I mean, unless you're a board member, you don't get them for free. He had a uh, reservation at a what sounded like a pretty exclusive restaurant because he was coming out in a tux. And then suddenly she's like, no, we're staying in because we're having the party. And then they all come out in their little cute puppy hats. They were cute, but it was just like, do that on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, do that after the fact, after you've enjoyed your time and then that's where brutus comes into the house comes back into the house because he had already been sent back to the vet once because he was a great dane and there's no place for a great dane in a family that likes doxy i've never heard dachshunds been called doxies you haven't no and my mother-in-law actually has dachshunds i've never heard her refer to her dog is that so and when you walk in and you see the big blue bassinet i'm like is this her way of saying that she's with child i didn't expect the brutus turn right there and he was so happy i loved that it's like i don't know i just felt bad for him like having this crazy lady um (laughs) i mean it was just obnoxiously obsessed with her dogs and I don't know it, it just was nice because you could tell he really loved that dog yeah because because he was surrounded by estrogen for lack of a better term and he, and he was the and this was actually getting a little bit of testosterone back into the house those um, dog show people they are like that they're just obsessed same yeah. thing with like people who have their babies in the little beauty pageants and stuff those people are just obsessed Yes. Good or bad, whatever. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they are all in. So I get it. Now, 
did anybody else notice that they were sleeping in separate beds? Yes. Yes, I was going to bring that up. This is actually the first Disney movie that I can remember that actually had a bedroom scene. And, I mean, we're late. I love Lucy era now because it's a color movie. Yeah. And I think Lucy and Ricky even moved their bed together towards the end of um, I Love Lucy. Because Wanda moved the bed together at the end of episode two, which was the I Love Lucy episode. Um, I don't know how much time was actually put into Suzanne Plachette actually knitting that sweater. <laughs> but how many different balls of yarn were actually destroyed along with the sweater and the piano and the priceless statue. I mean, I think they were actually starting to tally things up and they hadn't even mentioned the piano or anything else like that when, well, no, that was when his room, his um painting room got destroyed, wasn't it? Yeah. So, She's like tallying it all up as a way to convince him to get rid of the dog that she got him. Yeah, that, I mean, I feel sad for Brutus just because he got the bum end of the rap from the very beginning because <laughs> he was the runt of the litter. And, I mean, he was brought into a home where he was loved and then kicked out and then brought back. And then the wife keeps trying to kick him out. Every little thing that goes wrong that he actually didn't have any... Well, I can't say he didn't have anything to do with it, but he wasn't the main antagonist in no, the whole matter. The dachshunds were causing all the problems. He was reacting to the problems that they caused, and because he was so big, it was easy to blame him. And I felt bad for him. And, I mean... Basically, the whole movie is just that. Like, little dogs cause problems, big dog gets in trouble, until the very end. Like, the whole middle section of the movie was just pratfall after pratfall. Yeah, and it, and it all goes back to where the veterinarian starts training Brutus that Dean actually figures out, oh, it's because he actually thinks he's a small dog. And that's why all these things have actually been going wrong from the very beginning. Because he's in a family he's in a family of small dogs and he's the only big dog, but he thinks he's a ten, twelve pound doxy that can run around and do what they do. Well and that makes sense, but it's still like yeah. isn't really what's happening. Because it's just that the especially Chloe, like they're just nightmare dogs. Mm-hmm causing problems and it's like intentional because at one point I think they like wait until the human and instantly cause trouble. So it, it definitely reminded me of um, the Siamese cat scene of lady and the tramp mm -hmm. where the cats are just intentionally destroying everything, knowing that she's going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. Now, was it ever said what the wife did for a living? think so i don't remember i don't think so either because i know and i mean i don't know how successful dean is as an as a artist but that was a pretty sweet little house with a pond in the backyard which kind of reminds me of um mr miyagi's pond in the karate kid yeah 
Yeah. And they have that bougie party. Yes. And that's where Chloe gets introduced to the mayor of Mayberry, making his second mm-hmm. appearance in a Disney animal movie. But, um, yeah, the, the fact that... And that was where everything kind of got flipped on his head because Dean goes out to talk to the doctor and show him Brutus. And Brutus is actually out there sitting there being peaceful and quiet and being a good dog. Mm-hmm. And then they leave and Chloe comes in and steals the ham bone. And all that, all that Brutus wanted was his bone back. And then all of a sudden everybody's up in arms at, at Brutus and they're like, well, he's got to go. And yet the other dogs are actually called the demolition squad by Dean, which was kind of funny. Yeah. That whole thing just over and over, the injustice of it was so Mm -hmm. frustrating. Yeah. It was, it made me feel for Brutus just because Dooley is an 88 pound dog that thinks he's a 10 pound dog and he will get, try to get into your lap if you're, Sitting on the well, I take that back. He used to. We ten, we sent him to um, animal training, and now he just sits there. And it's only if we let him that he'll put his front paws up on on your laps. But he won't actually try to get into our laps like he used to, and try to get under our skin because that's what he used to actually do. So the way that Brutus actually was treated throughout the entire movie. Until Chloe gets thrown away, literally, and then suddenly Fran comes around to be a fan of Brutus. <sighs> um, one thing that I found funny was when Brutus was actually taken out to the back or taken out to the garage after the party, and he was stuck out there with a what was it? Was it a a um shovel? That held the door open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and Dean actually went out with a flashlight. At no point did he actually turn that flashlight on <laughs> until he's starting to try to find his way into the house. And this is where Officer Barb Brady decides that it's a good idea to try to make his name as the catcher of the cat burglar. And then, uh, of course, Brutus gets out and trees him, which good good on you. Because you're defending your house. And of course the the mom doesn't see any of that. She just sees it as another problem with the dog. Yeah. yeah um, he's a good watchdog. Yeah, he was a he was a very good watchdog. He he probably would be very protective of any children if there were to be children, but that's kind of hard when you have two separate beds. And your wife <laughs> is insane with the dogs. Yes, and they actually sleep on the bed with her, so that's a, we're not even going to get into that. I told you I wrote in my notes, this marriage is doomed. <laughs> but my last note that I actually had, after we get to the dog show, and Dean starts looking around and seeing all the owners looking just like the dog, which was kind of funny because there's like four or five different dogs that yeah. are spot on. Suddenly a very attractive dog comes in and he's at the peak of his game. And then he ends up beating her. For the blue ribbon. Because she was best of her breed. He was, well, they went for best of breed. And, and so now they've got a match set because Chloe didn't win. Surprise, surprise. But Brutus did win. And 
he gave, and Dean ends up giving the other first place ribbon to the vet, who was also, I think, in those Callaways. So there were several cameos from the people in those Callaways. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen how the mom treated Brutus after all the events, even though they both sat down and said no more dog shows and they both agree and we fade to black into the movie. I would have liked to seen like a post credit scene five years down the road. And of course they've moved their beds together, they've had the children, and now is Brutus the dutiful protector of the entire family or is he out sleeping in the backyard because all the doxies run the house? They kind of played it like, oh, he he won a blue ribbon and he realized he was big and everything is all better. But, like, he wasn't the problem. And, you know, those dachshunds didn't change. Yeah. So it's doomed. <laughs> yeah. And see, that that's why I'm saying I would have liked to have seen, like, a 30-second post-credit scene just to see how Disney would have handled five years down the road. But that's just me. Speaking as a big dog owner, I feel for him. Icky, what say you? You've been relatively quiet, having to move among the, the rooms because of things happening outside of the, the Casa yeah, de Icky. Yeah, some technical difficulties. I I really liked last week's movie. This one I didn't like as much. I've been quiet because I didn't want to upset you all. I, <laughs> I just found it very formulaic and very predictable and very plain. Very Disney slapstick didn't have substance especially after that darn cat which was so so good <laughs> this one i was just like man all right kyra do you have any other notes on the movie um not really i um i agree that darn cat was definitely better than this and um watching them back to back made it even more obvious <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah for sure it like i think i said this earlier like there's the introduction and then the resolution, but the entire rest of the, like, what is it? Like an hour and a half yeah. movie is just Dachshunds causing problems and Brutus getting blamed for it. And so it, it really was like, that's the only joke and we see it over and over and over. And yeah. um, like it was entertaining enough. I liked that it had a happy ending. It's like nice and light entertainment. Um, which is great, but it, it really wasn't as enjoyable as that darn cat. So, all right, I got a feeling the three questions are going to be quick, easy, painful for this one. The first one is, what is today's impact on this movie? Would it be made? What changes would be made if it were made? I mean, obviously, we wouldn't have the stereotypes. Right. Um, I think if they still wanted to have like another culture represented, which is great, they would, I think it would, I actually was like trying to imagine this and it might be like either another culture or like a very flamboyant character um, that's like particular, but like, I don't like big dogs. Um, and so instead of like the, like the Japanese man yelling that the dog is a lion or whatever, it would just be like someone acting the way that one does when they're have they're adverse to large dogs like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I so don't think it would be so much cultural. I think it would be more uh, centered around gender. We'll just say. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Like I said, I'm thinking these are going to be quick and easy. The second one. You could still have the same plot. You could still have the same storyline. Yeah. Yeah, but someone causing trouble and blaming it on someone else. And that's a tale as old as time, right? But also, would it actually be probably an hour? What was? Would you say it was about an hour of lather, rinse, repeat, same joke, same joke, same joke? They'd have to beef the plot up a little bit. Icky, is this anywhere in Disney parks? No. no Are dogs allowed at Disney parks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All you have to do is say that you're a support animal and you're good to go. So if, so if I were to bring down an emotionally unsupportive dog, would I be allowed to bring him into the parks? I mean, that's not my department, but I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, they don't ask you for any kind of documentation that your dog's a certified service dog or whatever. Mm. Just my support dog. Okay. Okay. Other than seeing dogs in the parks, is this represented anywhere, or is this actually in culture? I mean, I think so. There's been similar movies made, I think. Hmm. I mean, not with the exact same plot, but like Big Dog, Small Dog, or like A Dog and a Cat, and like similar kind of mm-hmm. interactions, I think, but don't know that this was the first of its kind it probably wasn't the last yeah so maybe not directly but something similar to that has been redone rehashed yeah to be made better yeah all right third and final question how does this fit into today's society i have trouble saying those two words together Hmm. i think it's a double s's do we see it is it there do we see people with big dogs and small dogs living in harmonious I actually um, am related to someone who has the biggest Great Dane I've ever seen and <laughs> Dachshund that is like one of the, like on the smaller end of that breed and they're best friends. It's wow. really cute. Well, now that, let, let me let me back up with that. Don't you think that the fact that they were in more or less the same, shall we say, litter would have made them better friends because they spent yeah. however long it was together before. I think they're siblings, yeah. Yeah, and Suz- before Suzanne Plachette finally put two and two together and came up with red. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was probably the the pups were known troublemakers and they had an easy out scapegoat because of mom's dislike for the big dog. Yeah. So... All right. Do either of you have anything to add that will detract from this wonderful movie that we have had to watch? I think that there are some parents who have that same mindset. Like, these are their kids, and they treat them, she treats them like literal kids. And there are a lot of parents who, when confronted with the fact that their children did something wrong, oh, no, my perfect angel would never do something like that. Oh, honey, if you just knew how your kids are when not around you. Yeah. I think that's how it is with these dogs. In her mind, they're just perfect. They're show dogs, they're AKC registered, whatever. Not knowing that they're little troublemakers behind the scenes. Yes. And that's actually, that's one thing that if it were made today, the house would not have a security system with video cameras. 
that he could pull up and say, well, you accused Brutus? Let me show you what really happened. Yeah. It's of ring footage. See there? Yes. All right. Well, for those of y'all that have stuck around, thank you for listening to another episode of the Be Kind Rewind Disney Plus movie podcast. I'm getting more and more used to saying that every week. Um, we would like, we would definitely welcome your reviews on whatever streaming service you're listening, watching, viewing, streaming us on, because that's the way that we grow our listenership. And by growing our listenership, we get more feedback. We did read a couple of feedback notes on last week's episode, and we would love to have more. So you can also drop a comment on Icky's YouTube channel or at our email address, which is BeKindRewindDMP, which, as mentioned before, is the Disney Movie Plus Disney Plus Movie Podcast. I still can't get it. It is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Your movie assignment for next week is The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. I wanted to make sure I had the official title down correctly before I started butchering it on our next recording. That is your next episode. We will be Sounds back. Sounds like a spaghetti western. It may very well be because during this time, Disney was starting to see what would stick, and they did have some kind of success with heist movies. So maybe they are trying to branch out into the westerns. But I think this is just a man and his boy type of movie. And I will leave that for whatever you want to think. So, until we speak again, stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of the koi pond when you're chasing dogs. (laughs) Talk to y'all later. Davy Crockett with a mustache. Yes, Yes, exactly.